Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Black Mesa Radio. We are your hosts, Seth, Josh, and Chase. Today we are going to be talking about the Great Pyramid of Giza, steroids, self-driving cars, ice in space, <laughs> and everything in between, which is pretty much everything. So yeah, I mean, that's uh, a good broad range of topics. I'm right hoping there. that we actually get on a, a topic that really flows well tonight because we've got a we weren't all melded in mind tonight, Oops. so we'll see how it goes. Topics, okay. Space, that's fun. Good stuff. Let's do this. Yeah, Seth. So let's let's start out with your self-driving cars. Well, the, and the I saw an article therein. that it was talking about whether or not um, people who get pulled over while in a self-driving car while intoxicated should be given DUIs. And well, I, no, because they're not driving. But they're still in control, and I feel like. I feel like maybe with like the technology we have now, like if you were to put somebody in a self-driving car that at the level of them that we have right now and put them out wow. on the road, I wonder if I mean if they're drunk, they still might need to take control in a certain you know in an emergency situation. Yeah. So should they be held accountable if they're drunk in that situation? Why would they get pulled over at all in a self-driving car if the car is doing its job? Then they shouldn't be pulled well, over. Well, whether or not they get pulled over isn't the point. The point is, if they do get pulled over for whatever reason, if they're operating heavy machinery. Like while if they are intoxicated, the influence, yeah. Should they get uh, DUI for that? Yeah, you, you brought up a good point about the level of self-driving car we have now, and I think that's an important uh, piece to solving this this legally. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, so the the government will have to come up with certain regulations and stipulations, saying, okay, this uh, this level of self-driving car. Uh, is pretty much like self-contained in itself where we don't have to worry about whoever's driving it. It could be a child even, you know, pushing a button, seeing where they're going. But And, and also it makes me think of whether or not eventually people would have driver's license like to, to own and operate a self-driving car. Like, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're going to be in control of the, the car, act, you know, by your actual self, but if you're, if you're just in it, and it's driving itself. Should you have a driver's license? Yeah, I actually, I, I don't know if uh, should is what I'm answering, but will it happen? Absolutely. Like, I think the government would definitely have more licenses to keep the, the roadways going. Um, and it'd be more income for the infrastructure for roads. So I definitely think that they would even probably lower the age for a, quote, driver's license or what, whatever they're going to call it. A, uh, I don't think they'll lower that. I think it'll be 16 a, forever. A driving permit, maybe? Maybe, yeah, maybe they, I don't know. They, they may do, like, make it like motorcycles towards 14 for a license. Yeah, I, th I think it would be closer to something if like it's, that. I mean, it just depends on the level of self-contained control. Well, that, what if, what if uh, you're homesick as a parent? And uh, your kid needs to go to school, and they miss the bus. Can you just be like, "Hey, take the car. It's programmed in it already." I'm not talking about like right now, but maybe you know, 20 years from now, maybe something could be that that sophisticated. I mean, it's possible for sure. I don't, I don't know. Would this replace public transit? That's another thing. Like looking at how hard taxi companies are fighting things like Lyft and Uber. I mean, I don't know if. You know, but in like in London, uh, very recently they banned the use of Lyft and Uber. Really? Within no. The, within the city because the uh, the black cabs, you know, like the their big cab company protested and made a made a bunch of noise about it because the main thing was is that, you know, as an as an official licensed taxi driver, right. you have to go through all of these all this training and go and get all these permits and you have to pay dues. Mm. But if you're so, if you're so is Uber the driver, taxi unionized? Is that like yeah, the taxi's unionized and certified, unionized and, and certified. certified. Okay, so they protested. They parked uh, their cabs in the middle of the street, you know, just in protest oh. of Lyft and Uber. 
and it eventually got traction and it got banned from being used hmm. within the city, which I think is kind of ridiculous because if they had a good product, Lyft and Uber wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be as popular as they, as they are. Well, herein lies the beauty of our capitalist system, sir, because we just let it all go here. <laughs> right. I mean, survival cam- of the fittest right here. Cab companies are still getting really pissed off about Uber and Lyft here in the in the US as well though. Yeah, that's, but that's fine. They but like, I mean, they can they can get mad all they want. They can they'll still go out of business. But I'm just saying no, I think I think there were a couple of cities that did that in the US. I think DC what? Hang on. I think DC did it and maybe New York City. No, um, there's no way New York City did that. Hang well, because this was going on when Andrew's living in DC, so he kind of had the uh the personal look at what was going on there and there he said there was definitely uproar because like he said like they weren't certified like they had to go through uh i don't know whatever training or classes and none of the lyft or uber drivers they were just these freelance people and uh i mean my question here is do you need to be the certified? only city in the united states um is austin texas oh well okay i guess they didn't go through because i know there's a big hubbub about it but the thing that, that it makes surprises me, me too, because Austin's real laid back. The thing that yeah, makes Washington, me wonder, DC though, is, is like, sorry, that, go ahead. It go seems ahead, it seems like a bit of an odd situation because you can kind of chalk up Lyft and Uber to being similar to you know getting a ride with a friend, right? You know, you call somebody up like, "Hey, can you give me a ride here?" And yeah, they're not licensed and stuff, but I don't know. It just, I guess, it's not the same as your buddy gives you a lift, you get them gas money, but it just. Do do They're cab not drivers to be something like that? Do cab drivers have background checks done, or yeah. it might be different in every city? Uh, I, I, I don't mean, know. I'm, I'm sure they have some kind of thing. I mean, I know they have to be licensed, so because that's the only reason I think I would care. Like, if they don't have a background check, like, what's the difference to me individually as a you know calling an Uber guy or some taxi cab driver? Because they're they could be crazy. They could be insane. Yep. And there are places like uh, Chicago, Illinois. When you stay at a hotel there, um, I was just talking to a guy this week about uh, being in Illinois, uh, Chicago specifically, and there are certain places you don't go at night because it's pretty rough. And they said in his hotel, they said, please ask us to take you somewhere that you need to go because sometimes if you get in the cab, the gang members will pay these cabbies to take them to certain areas and you know rob them and take their stuff. And the, the cab drivers get kickbacks from it. Obviously, they get some type of... So That's crazy that that happens in modern U.S. That sounds like something that would happen in like a third world well, like it's crazy similar, country. It's similar know? to the things I've heard about in some parts of the Caribbean, like Jamaica, where you know they ask if you want to buy some weed. Like, I know a guy. They, oh, yeah. They, they, they go take you to buy it, and then they go drop you off at the police station. Because they're getting, <laughs> you're getting kickbacks from the police. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they actually... But what about habeas corpus? Like... How can you prove that they were trying to buy weed? I don't know. Do man. they plant it on them? I don't or? know what the laws in Jamaica are. I know that's that, true. I've well, heard no, that. They, no, they, they go and they they get they have them go and get the weed. Oh, and then oh okay. They drop that them actually off in front of the police station. <laughs> and they they're buying it from a cop. Usually. Yeah, I, I know that when I went on a, I want to say it was our my no, it was our honeymoon cruise. That's where I that's where I heard that for the first time was they were giving us a little breakdown of like okay here are the different um countries we're, we're going to be going to here are some of the laws you should be aware of and that the the ship guide said that exact same thing he was like so if a cabbie offers to take you somewhere to buy weed there's a good chance you're going to get arrested <laughs> they're like they're like because they'll just they'll get you in the cab they'll get you to buy the weed and then they'll take you to the cops exactly what that said this reminds me of one of my favorite stories from going to cabo in mexico where it's just, uh, we were, you know, walking around the town. We had just gotten some delicious fish tacos. And then right on the street corner, I guess he saw a couple of gringos walk by. And this old man just looks as, you want to get high? And I ran away because he was terrified. <laughs> Don't care if I did want to get high. I wouldn't buy it from that guy. That was crazy. That's funny. Anywho, so the self-driving cars. Well, where, when do you guys think that this might be a real issue how many years from now i think i, I mean, say 20, it's, it's on it's on the cusp of having some breakthroughs i don't think it's going to be you know i think it's going to be sooner than probably 20 years maybe like you think? 10 15 at, at the most because they're already you know getting it going and the the only crashes recorded with uh, all these self-driving car tests 
are the response uh, are on the side of another driver. Like, oh, that the, crashed the into only the time, car. The only time that the only like I think two times that a self driving car has crashed without any other car running into it, the driver took over for whatever reason. Huh. So so basically, it's user error at that point. At that point, but the thing is, I don't think there's enough of them around to make it as safe as it can be. Like if everybody was in a self driving car. You wouldn't have any problems. I see some crazy lawsuits in the future that might go all the way up to maybe even the Supreme Court. Man, maybe not because that's that's more constitutional. But to a higher court, a district court about who's at fault in a self-driving car incident. Is it the maker of the car? Uh, the the programming company. I who guarantee you that the, the makers have like a little, like a black box situation to where everything is being monitored. To where if someone says, oh, the car took over and crashed into that child, then Tesla comes down and goes, hold up, let's look at the footage. Like we show like, right here that you took control. You took manual control, time. yeah. I didn't, though. And But uh, the thing is, there's also the possibility that maybe there's a fault and it switches into manual mode on its own. Oh, yeah. yeah. And hits a kid. And they're like, well, we didn't do it, yeah. even though it was their fault. It's, you can't really prove it. Was it Honda a few years back that their uh, cruise control would like randomly come on and start accelerating? Yeah. Was that Honda? I I that did was, happen. I, I just don't remember who it was. I think it was Honda. Yeah. I but know. you got you to gotta look at the fact that a lot of car dealers or car makers are not scrupulous anyway. All the stuff with... Uh, uh, like Volkswagen lying about the environmental impact and like yeah. the efficiency of their vehicles... <clears throat> You know, falsifying a bunch of data. Well, a lot of stuff like uh, airbag malfunctions and ignition switches catching on fire. Like, they know about these issues, but they're saying the lawsuits are cheaper than going through and recalling every car. And that's really disgusting. They only do recalls whenever the issue is huge. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's when it's like a loss of life type situation on multiple fronts. Or... I don't know. That's not true. I, I'm take, I take that back. Because I, when I had my Jeep Liberty, I had stuff recalled constantly. Like Jeep would be like, hey, we need to recall this little thing on your dash because if you don't take it, if we don't get it recalled, like eventually the dash start to droop. Or uh, they did like the wiper motors because the wiper motors would go out eventually. I have to say that Jeep Liberty you had, that specific one, had so many issues all the time. It's like you got a lemon, I feel like. No, I think it was because it was a limited run. It was The engine was the only good thing about it. So it was, they reformatted a uh, Chrysler diesel engine to fit inside a Jeep Liberty body. Mm -hmm. And it just, the engine was amazing and everything else just fell apart, (laughs) like constantly. So. Diesels are pretty good. Yeah. I got yelled at so many times at gas stations, though. I would, I would (laughs) would go to fill up and I'd turn on the diesel and the attendant would run and be like, no, (laughs) what are you doing? And I'd be like, well, calm, calm down. It's a, it's a diesel. It's a diesel. I had one guy argue with me. He like shut the pump off. He was like, "That's not a diesel. You don't know what diesel is." And I was like, "I do. <laughs> it's a, it's a diesel." And I had to like, Did you pop it, the hood. And <laughs> no, I I turned it on and let him hear it because it sounded oh, it sounded yeah, like a diesel. It does. And he was like, "Wow, really?" It was okay. actually pretty quiet for a diesel. I thought. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big diesel. I think that was the, sure. the main part. Like it was a small engine. I'm not gonna pretend like I even remember what size engine it was because yeah. I'm not a car guy and. I don't remember. I just remember it was a turbo diesel. Sweet. I like that Jeep. <clears throat> I did too. I liked I liked most things about it. I just didn't like that it had a lot of problems and everything stained it. You and water stained You it. and John both had Jeeps or John had a Jeep Wrangler though and that had problems all the time too. I will never buy a Jeep from My Jeep Wrangler was fine cuz I had a Wrangler before I had the Liberty. You drove into a fence. What? Though. I did drive it into a fence. I don't remember that. It, I remember it was, you had Well, a, it wasn't that. really yours. It was... It was my parents. Oh, I remember you had a Z71. So my truck, yeah, I had the Z71, and then it started having some transmission problems. Mm. And so while we were saving up to fix up the transmission, I may be remembering this wrong, but we were trying to save it up to do something to fix it. And my parents had found a Jeep for like $2,000. And it was like a... At the time, it was a 2005 in, two, in 2005. Um so it was brand new, and this old lady bought it and then sold it for like super cheap. Right. So they they it was ahead. probably haunted. I mean, maybe. <laughs> so we bought that, and uh, yeah, it ran like a dream. Uh, I did run it into a fence, and we got we had to get some repairs on it, but it still ran fine after afterwards. Huh. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that this is going to be an issue for another 15 years, like where we're going to have to see legislation and stuff come through. But we might, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out. Do, do Somebody's going to try to take advantage of it, though. I mean, the, 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 the manufacturer is going to take advantage of it. What so, do you mean take advantage of it? What do, you, what do you mean? I mean, take advantage of the, like, well, it wasn't our fault, even though it was, even if something goes wrong with it. Because they can just say, like, well, this person just took over. I mean, there's no way to prove that they didn't. I don't know. I mean, they would have to submit the data. The, any court proceeding where there's, like, a computer involved, they would have to submit it to an expert, like, third-party expert. They don't just, like, say, oh, like, oh, well, I, we we looked at it, and this is the thing. I, I know, but, I mean, not, I, it's, it's going to just be hard to prove, I that's guess. That's not how evidence works. And people are going to take advantage of it. They get in a crash. They're going to try to claim that it was, you know, in self-driving mode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see these as being too big a deals with what you're saying. I mean, people do that nowadays with like, oh, it was their fault, or you know, there was a problem with the car, the brakes didn't work, the I guess you're you know, right. it malfunctioned. So it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But uh, I think that the uh, the tr- like the transportation and uh, shipping industry is going to fight about fight back against this hard, specifically truckers because they've Truck already drivers, they've yeah. already done experiments where they've made you know like self-driving trucks like that to haul across the country and they've worked like they've either gotten there or they've broken down for other issues yeah but but that's not the point the point is that they're like eventually they won't need the driver in there it's just gonna do it on its own that would be interesting That'd be a ways away, but yeah, that that would be interesting. Well, I mean, I guess you'd have to get better fuel technology because it's not just going to be able to go forever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, unless you just put a giant tank on it, and it could go forever. And the fact that electric cars are getting more and more uh, efficient with their batteries. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a lot of people predict that we're not going to be doing internal combustion primarily anymore for a I, while. I could see us not doing internal combustion engines later on. Not for the better, in my opinion. I think it'll just be forced on us by government stuff. It, it doesn't make sense to me to do electric cars, but I mean, it just depends on how well they operate, and it depends honestly. on how efficiently they can be manufactured. Because at at this point, there's not really any greater environmental advantage. But right, but exactly. the manufacturing processes, the batteries themselves, are getting yeah. more efficient all the time. Cleaner yeah, but- production of electricity. And eventually, it might be way cleaner to just have electric cars. And Maybe. I mean, the batteries themselves cause issues because of the uh, rare earth metals that they use in them. And, but they're working on other non-rare earth metals to do. What it. do you mean? What issues though? Uh, like environmental issues and manufacturing in the United States for safety, it becomes way more expensive to manufacture them here because of our regulations for safety, like lithium and. Yeah, they're, they're, lithium, I don't. I couldn't tell you all the names, but yeah, lithium is not a rare earth element, though, is it? No, no, it's okay. A, I was like, no. wait a minute. But they're, anyways, for the complex batteries, you, it's because we only have like dangerous, like like the CFLs, the CFL light bulbs have mm. uh, like lead and some other things in them that are quite dangerous if you expose. But they can manufacture them overseas because they don't have the standards that we have. Okay, so it's not necessarily rare earth elements. It's just there's stuff in them that can be hazardous is what you're saying because like cell phones depend heavily on rare earth elements. Yeah. Yeah. Electronics in general, uh, have the rare earth elements. And I've been told that, um, like the hybrid cars, like those batteries themselves are incredibly difficult to work with safely. Yeah. I'm going to look up. I I can't remember how many, there's like just two or three quarries in the U S that mine rare earth elements. Oh yeah, for for a long time, mining has been really decreasing, and uh, processing of that has like the last lead factory was like two thousand fourteen or something. It closed. Yeah. Anyway, so we have literally no lead smelting in the United States at all. So manufacturing has just dwindled a whole lot, and some some capitalists say that that's just fine, that's normal, but I think I think that oh has, wow, there's just one. Yeah, it, it's gone down insanely from like the 1960s to now. It's a whole different uh, environment for 
job hunting in the United States. The blue collar jobs are really disappearing. Mountain um, Pass Rare Earth Mine, and it's Molly Corp, which I've I think I've referenced Molly Corp a couple times on this show. Yeah. Um, but they're the ones who who own the mine, and they're in a almost constantly contested legal battle for that mine. Because because of the dangers it, it could pose for I don't know environmental uh, impacts from any type of waste and according spills. to Financial Times, it said the battle heats up for the control of the U.S. sole source of rare earth elements. Huh. Let's see. Battle is heating up for control of the bankrupt mine. Oh, it's bankrupt. Um, that is the only significant source of rare earth elements used in the advanced electronics and some defense applications. A group led by former nursing home operator and Switzerland-based private equity fund, blah, 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 blah hedge funds, da, 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 stake in the U.S. Uh, last year, the U.S. imported $120 million worth of rare earth elements. Uh, oops, sorry, text message. According to the U.S. Geographical Survey, more than 70% was from China. Um, da, da, da. Molly Corp invested $1.5 billion into the mine. Wow. Which is only about 50 miles south of Las Vegas, but a collapse in the price of rare earth elements led to the company declared, to declare bankruptcy in 2015. Hey, remember like a year ago when I was like, man, or no, two years ago, it was right when we started the podcast. I was like, we should invest in Molly Corp. Glad we didn't do that. <laughs> Glad we didn't do that. Shoot. So you know how um, you can convert a lot of gasoline cars into natural gas, compressed yeah. natural gas? Do you think that cars that we have today could be converted into self-driving cars you think that might be something that happens since there's so many there's millions of cars on the roads right now you think people aren't just going to abandon them that would have to be expensive right and i mean if, I, well it, i don't know it's possible for sure because a lot of the self-driving cars they do in the tests and stuff are just regular cars that they configure to be self-driving oh, okay so yes, specifically like. from what I understand, like the the eighteen wheelers that they've used in those mm -hmm. long haul experiments. I mean, they didn't just build a, you know, build a brand new, build a brand new one. They yeah. just took one that they could retrofit and retrofit it to be self driving. Okay, so yeah, if if they could do that, then I it might actually be here quicker than we think. Um, it's gonna be expensive though. Well, remember in Jurassic Park how they had those expeditions and like they had the thing over the wheel and the like little camera in the front but those were like on a rail that guided them i know but man that's the future right this is the future Whoa. right now you're living in the future so josh uh tell us about your space ice uh no just no. just skip that subject don't right. worry about it. i don't know enough about it yet i was gonna have to read the article to you guys or okay. the bullet points and i want to do that so let's go ahead and talk about your pyramid scheme oh yeah i was wondering <laughs> if you guys uh Wanted to buy into my uh, protein selling company. Um, oh, wait. wait. Did, when you said pyramids at the beginning, did you really mean a pyramid scheme? No, I never said pyramid scheme. You said pyramid scheme. I know. That and, was just... He was so you, you brought it up, so I'm going to give you my pitch. I was just was, doing a whimsical yeah. transition. I'm going to tell you already. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here, I was thinking, Josh, you could be under me, and then Seth would buy from you so that you can get 10% of whatever he sells. And then I can get like like you know fifty percent no, of everything you guys sell. No, so no. and then Seth would be the one who would constantly be like working no. to get money because he wouldn't be getting a damn thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I would be yeah. breaking it in from all of Seth's work. Okay, and yeah, part of yours. no, I, I like this. I do too. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, Seth. No. Come on, man. You're on Benadryl right now. You don't even know what's going on. I know exactly. You what's can't going trust on. yourself. This is a money making opportunity. So Herbalife, anyway. Bro. Pyramids. pyramids. So uh, this is this isn't really a new thing, but I looked into it more about how what the pyramids or specifically the Great Pyramid of Giza could actually be used for, and I thought this was uh, an intriguing explanation. Where at the bottom of the pyramid, there's an entrance that was buried when uh, it was, I guess, discovered in the modern world or the the Western world rediscovered it. And so they dug it all out, and you know they made it pretty for tourists and everything. But this entrance, they believe, was actually underground, and the water seeped in through it. And of course, um, depending on when you think the pyramids were built, uh, there used to be lots of rainfall in that area um, about nine thousand years ago. Anyway, so this water would seep down uh, into one of the shafts and go into the very bottom chamber, which is called a, a well, I think. 
Um, so there, there is water underneath there. And what somehow, somehow the flow of the water, because the flow of water creates an electromagnetic current. And according to this guy's calculations, it would produce like two to three volts. And uh, when it goes down to it, it's all sandstone around it, which is a uh, – it's Not an insulator. A... Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. It's an insulator. But there are a couple granite stones, which are conductors. And uh, there are two granite stones underneath there, which he believes one is an anode and one is a cathode by the way this water would flow. And it would create just enough electricity to uh, create electrolysis of water, which would split it into hydrogen and oxygen. And it had uh, the these stones were split in two different areas where according to the water level, the oxygen would be trapped in one area because it's on, has to be a, the, I don't remember if it's a cathode or the anode. And then the hydrogen would be produced on the other side of the electrical current. And it would trap these and uh, it would, it would travel up a couple other different shafts into, I believe it's called the King's chamber where they have like, it's like five different layers up top above the king's chamber and it would travel down this and there would be different densities between the hydrogen and the oxygen and um they would be able to harness it uh and he he noted that there were scorch marks in different areas of the pyramids sorry about that um, my mic turned off so I, ju- I just thought this was an inter- interesting conjecture of what it could possibly be because i don't think we've got it right for the pyramids i don't know we've talked about that before but this was just a new discovery for me anyway so what do you think it is then like i don't i don't understand the the whole point of that story other than like they conduct electricity so they may have used they it used for it something? to create hydrogen yes which was then used as fuel yes for what for whatever Fire. egyptians would do with hydrogen fuel just like yeah like okay we we use fuel for electricity so fuel well yeah uh, no i get that what like what what does hydrogen fuel look like i don't i'm that's what it's I'm asking. a gas you can't see it it's clear Okay, so they just like burn it and like yeah, so so like it burns really hot. It's very pure, so um, they could have used this for. You could have even built a blimp with it because it's lighter than air. Egyptian blimps. Yeah. Oh man, you just gave me the best idea they're, for a and fake they're game. Not from this guy, but I've seen drawings that people talk about. Where it's like this is like a flying blimp craft or something. Uh, so it'd be interesting that how cool would that be? Egyptians possibly yeah. had a better understanding of chemistry and uh, electricity than we think. Kind of related to the Baghdad battery, like was it enough of a voltage to perhaps also produce electrolysis? I thought the whole thing with the Baghdad battery, bag. I thought the whole thing with the Baghdad battery was that it wasn't necessarily like a singular, like just one battery could power like a house or something, but you could have like a a room full of them that would power like something. Well, the, the one right. of the main things I've heard about them is that the most likely use for them would be using them for uh, electroplating gold. Because it would, pro- yes, it yes. would produce about it, it would have produced enough of a current to do that, which back in those days would make sense. To, you know that they'd be using it for something like what that. What does electroplating gold do? It just puts a shiny coating of gold over something. Um, you know, like you have the little sheets of gold that you write your name on the Bible. You go to Mardell's and they get your Bible and stamp it uh, on the leather, and oh. they get little gold <laughs> yeah. flecks. I haven't done that in so long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it just adheres gold to something, right? So through electricity. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done it. Like you can do this with a penny, and you can uh, make it a silver this. coating. Yeah, yeah. And the and the cool thing about it is, it hardly takes any amount to coat something. It's like uh, nanometers thick. It's it's very thin, but uh, it still just completely coats. It makes it look really pretty. Uh, and it could also I don't know if they had other <laughs> uses for trying to get gold or silver or copper or something. And like, there's that weird picture where it looks like a lamp and it's yeah, like a really light long like, tube that yeah. looks like a light. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, th- I think there's a lot more mystery. I'm going to Google Egypt real quick think. uses for the Baghdad battery. Baghdad. Oh, uh, do you, what, what is the name of the biggest Egyptian archeologist? Uh, he, he's super famous. When I was a kid, he was always on TV with the Sphinx. Um, I don't know. I'll probably know the name when you say it, but well, I was I was listening to a guy talk about him about how he's just a huge fraud, and how he was actually selling a lot of Egyptian artifacts that he was finding. Like uh, the people underneath him got the the people working for him. There were uh, several of them that 
got busted for it and went to jail because they were selling these artifacts. But somehow he escaped it somehow, uh, even though they were all his colleagues doing the same thing that he was working with. Um, and the fact that pretty much his ideas are being proven wrong time and time again, but he just keeps, keeps sticking with the same story about uh, the Egyptian timeline. And we've talked about it before that the uh, Egyptian timeline is based upon economic statuses and not actual dynasties. When we talk about dynasties, it's not real families. And Egypt itself was uh, at times controlled by uh, Europeans. At times it was controlled by Africans. At times it was controlled by Assyrians. So the Egyptian empire had a lot more um, volatility. Z- Zahi Hawassa? Yes. I'm pretty sure that's... I think I said his name wrong. Hang on, let me look it up. It's something like that. Sorry, I was looking at the Baghdad battery, so I was only half listening to you. But you said fraud- defrauded Egyptologist. Yeah. So give me one second. All right. We'll yeah, wait. Zahi Hawass. I was close. Yeah. So I think it'd be interesting. I might do a little bit more digging into him. Let's see. The inner workings of the Baghdad battery fill the jar with acidic liquids such as vinegar or fermented grape juice, and you have yourself a battery capable of generating a small current. The acidic liquid permits the flow of electrons from the copper tube to the iron rod when the two metals metal terminals are connected. But that doesn't tell me what the uses are. 15 things you should know. I, I don't know if they really know the uses because when they found it, there it wasn't like there was a lot of other things around it that they could say, oh, they were using it for this. And they just have conjecture like the, the, the electrolysis, uh, the electroplating gold, is it produced an, enough current to do that and it would make sense that it would be used yeah. for that purpose. So that's the one of the Google reasons. Google rabbit hole here is real silly. So <laughs> nice. Oops. Google thought I was talking to it. Sorry, Google. I want to hear more about something I've missed is the Bosnian pyramid. I, I really want to hear the Bosnian pyramid. What in the world is yeah. that? It's a, one of the world's largest pyramids. It could possibly be the world's largest. Is that pyramid. the one that's in the mountain that they can't prove is actually a pyramid? It's the one in the mountain where they dug up, um, concrete or, or the, their form of concrete blocks, like not what we yeah. think of concrete. And there's the debate is whether or not it's just a mountain that they built into or it was an actual structure. Yeah, and, and underneath it, there's actual tunnels. Yeah, no, 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 I know that, um, if, I'm, if it's the one I'm thinking of. But I thought the debate was like, some people were like, no, they built this whole thing. And then other people are like, no, it's just a, it's just a mountain they dug into. Okay, I, I think that makes sense if it's possibly a mountain that they dug into. But what I've heard is typically people like just – go into it like, you know, head over heels, like, yeah, it's a big pyramid, it's the best one in the world, and then there's other people like, no, it doesn't exist, that's not even a thing, it's just a mountain, and like, we we have construction, like, archaeological evidence that this was at least uh, an ancient building of some sort. Like, there like was at, the, at the very least, they dug into it and, and what's it called? The stuff on Bosnian it. pyramid? Yeah, yep, yeah. Bosnian, Bosnian pyramid. pyramid. How does one spell Bosnian? Uh, B-O-S-N-I-A-N Oh, it's exactly like it sounds Yeah <laughs> Sorry I'm a terrible a ter- Terrible speller Obviously It's a debunked pseudo-archaeological site According to Wikipedia Okay A little, little quick uh, quip on Wikipedia It is one of the worst places for information It is the, well, it's because it's, I mean It's clear- like the definition of PC culture And what is popularly accepted It's 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 pop science. It's not real science. It's more like I'm. Um, I'm looking at this mountain right here, guys, and this looks like a, it looks like a hill. It does look like a mountain. It doesn't look like a pyramid at all. The, I guess maybe from one. And angle. it may not be a pyramid. It, yeah, I don't care if it's not a pyramid, but to deny the fact that it's an archaeological site is is not even myopic. It's straight up denial. Because something went on there, whether or not yeah. they just built around it or built into it and dug tunnels, whatever. Yeah. It says there's no signs of human construction involved. <laughs> Really? <laughs> they have giant blocks, like square bricks that are massive, like are several tons. Let's see. And they're all connected. It's not just like, oh, we have a few strewn blocks I, around. Like they're I actually can't find on top of a legit other. site about it. Like every all the sites that want to talk about it are like, are the, like the ancient origins also, and the – here we go, Smithsonian Magazine. That, that should be something. <laughs> here we go. Here's one. Here's Smithsonian, where things go missing. I mean, that's true. What? The Smithsonian has lots of missing artifacts from... Uh, just like all over everything? Yeah. Yeah, just Top disappear. men. Exactly. Whether by purpose or on accident, yeah. they lose a lot of artifacts. Yeah. 
You guys still would like to go talk there, amongst though. yourselves while I see if this is real. Yeah, like in Washington D.C. Yes, yeah. that's never been to D.C. Never been to D.C. Oh, okay. You and I have. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's cool. They have like what five different museums there? More than that. Smithsonian museums. I'd love to go. There's awesome. th- there's like five on the mall, right? And then there's way more throughout there? the city. Oh. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's tons of museums everywhere, but like specifically Smithsonian. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember the the big map that that we had like had like little the little sun symbol that they have. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all over the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. I mean, but they're they might have been like just historical sites that the Smithsonian like tends, the, tends the to you know the aerospace museum is freaking awesome like I, I really the, like that stuff yeah dude no the um, what's that called the planetarium inside there was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had yeah that's a great one the one that I didn't like was uh, American pop culture I was like, this is the most boring museum I've ever been into. You're a monster. That, uh, I know. No, that, that uh, was one of the better. It wasn't the best one by any means. I, like, I just don't get it. Like, like, oh, here's some guitar from a popular guy. Here's Muhammad Ali's gloves. Like, Those I don't, are two things that I want to see. So, I guess like, like my mindset has never been that. Like, I don't keep mementos. I like actual relationship. Like, like I think... It, Those it, are... Such as rolled his eyes so hard that like, I think in, they came in, out of his No, no, no. I, I totally get like that uh, I'm... In the in the minority of everybody in the world, like the only thing I keep, like if somebody writes me a card, like the actual words that they say. But if somebody just gives me a card and signs their name, I'd read it and say, well, "Oh, that was then, nice." Then, then that museum is not for you. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's for the people who want to go see, like, just... I, like I do want to see Jimi Hendrix guitar. I do want to see the original Kermit the Frog Muppet, which sure. I did see. Sure. I, I did so want to see Muhammad Ali's gloves. Some people find it cool. Abraham Lincoln's hat, you know, those are all things that I thought were really cool. It was because those are those are literal pieces of history. Why why wouldn't you want to see that, you know? And I get it if you're not sentimental in the slightest, but I'm not sentimental cool. to objects. You want the aerospace museum is like full of and historical you, objects. Uh, I guess you're right. They're just like not literally ones that are all interesting the stuff we just talked about with the pyramids. Those are objects that were put there by somebody. So basically. It, you're just not into pop culture, which is fine. Agreed. That's I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just yeah. a, it's just a different kind of no, history. That makes I mean, sense. I think there's definitely aspects of pop culture that I think everybody has the parts that they pick and choose. We're we're tilting hard here, and I'm fine with this. I'm just acknowledging it while we do it. I guarantee somewhere in that pop culture museum, there'd be somewhere I'd find cool. there'd be something you'd be oh that's awesome. Well, there was the soldier part. Remember that? Did no. You, did, oh, well, you might not get in that time. So uh, on the what was it like a special exhibit? Yeah, on the DC trip where it was your brother's wedding. That trip, um, there was like a so- soldier, ex- an American soldier exhibit that was really cool. That was inside the pop culture. Oh, um, there was uh, an astronaut suit from Apollo something or other, and I thought that was really See? cool. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff in there. And because you know the astronauts were basically rock stars in the '60s, that's pop culture. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not pop culture. I'm going to say science it's, culture. It's definitely it's a definitely little pop culture. It's definitely a little bit. It's related to pop culture because they were Don't treated. put that evil on me. I don't want it. If Abe I don't Lincoln, want, I don't want to be labeled Lincoln's, pop culture lover. If Abe Lincoln's suit and you, top hat are in the pop culture you museum. Can, you can like certain aspects of pop culture and not be Yeah, like, pop culture just means popular culture. It was culture popular in the one word. time. So it doesn't... I've lived my life hating popular things. <laughs> That's because you're a contrarian. This is true. No. not a contrary anyways there's nothing wrong with pop culture though in general um as long as you don't make it your your life yeah because there are people who are way too into it yes but there are people who i mean it's like kelly from the office when uh, yeah. Jim, Jim comes back from the uh stanford branch and then he goes hey what's new with you like oh my god brett uh Jennifer Aniston did this, and Brad and whoever. And back she just goes on this like tirade of different pop culture events. Kanye had a baby. He goes, "Oh wow, yeah, that is crazy." So, what's new with you? Like, that's what I asked. You know, that that is what's new. She with goes, me. "I just told you." Yeah, that, yeah, I just told you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it. Um, it looks like the Bosnian pyramid is like heavily debated whether it's real or not. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is, and it's one of those things that I think is what would be called archaeological suicide. If you uh, ever acknowledge it, you would be discredited by everybody, and all your other works would unless, be discredited. Unless you have like the most solid facts in the world to prove it. I don't <laughs> right. know, man. Facts don't always win the day. That's true. No, I mean... It, Sadly. It, it doesn't. But I think it doesn't 
fit a certain paradigm of what they think the world was like. Like science and historians have always resisted new developments. That's just the nature of it. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because you want to make sure what you're proving is actually real. So scientists, you know, always wanted to say, okay, no, you have to really solidly prove me wrong. And the people like, uh, okay, Einstein, E equals MC squared. Very brilliant uh, discovery. He was wrong. He was pretty close, but he was wrong. And for a long time, um, you know, people didn't want to accept it, but eventually, like, okay, yeah, these we have a better equation to fit this. Like, it's not, it's not exactly. He had that. the right idea, right? Yeah, and, and Einstein's even, going places. Let's see what happens with him. <laughs> Einstein's one of my my personal heroes. Hmm. I bet there was something of Einstein in the uh, pop culture museum. Mm, probably not. The, the Ameri- picture of him sticking his tongue out. Probably not. It's the American pop culture museum. He was. He came to America. Did he become a citizen? If he did, then maybe. I don't know if he became a citizen or not. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Is he Germans? I don't know. Um, I had something I was going to go to, and then you guys got me off track. What was it? I don't remember. Forget yeah. it. Uh, so, if we want to go on a different subject, we can start talking about steroid stuff. Uh, okay. What? Well, no, go ahead. I'm, just just, I'm interested that, to see where you're going. Well, with. it's just something that I've been looking into, so it's definitely something we could talk about, specifically with uh, the, this this new. I wish. I wish I had steroids. I wouldn't look like this. Um, <laughs> selective androgen receptor modulators, or SARMs for short. It's a it's a new thing that is being developed, and they were developed specifically to treat. Uh, muscular degradation for diseases such as, you know, MS um, and just, you know, being bedridden. Uh, also for people who are recovering from injuries, let's say like a, a shoulder surgery, okay. to reduce the uh, amount of muscle loss. Uh, what is that called? Atrophy. Muscle atrophy. Yeah, atrophy. Uh, so right now there's there's actually dozens of them, but there's quite a few that have been through what's called phase two trials where they've actually done human uh, trials and experiments with them uh-huh. for a few. And uh, they've had a lot of positive success with it. And a few people, um, just normal people, they didn't actually have injuries, but they tried them. And some people actually gained muscle mass with them. Some people uh, lowered their body fat percentage. Uh, and also that they were able to recover faster for the people who had injuries. So is this that stuff that you've been taking? Uh, yeah, I started taking Osterine. Um, I thought it might be good because it had the most clinical trials with it. So it has the most evidence uh, for it works and its safety. Uh, And it was specifically for keeping bone density and muscle mass. And it's supposed to also increase recovery rates. Uh So uh, I'm sure I've talked about the podcast before, but with my back issues, my back is always sore. Uh, It's always bothering me. So I thought I would try it and see if it helped me any. Also, it'll help you fulfill your dream of becoming an ostrich. Yes. I think it comes from, like, uh, the, the Latin word for bones, but, like, like osteology. Osteo. Yeah, osteo. Osteo. osteology. That makes sense. Um, um, so, what, I mean, going back to your pyramid scheme joke, are you actually, like, <laughs> do you actually sell it, or was that just, like, a... What? No, 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 no. Okay, no, I, I was just curious I don't if that sell was... anything. Just checking. Just my body. Well, no, we know that. Um... So, have you noticed anything about it when you've been taking it? Like, have you noticed, like, you know, uh, any good results, penis shrinking, that kind of stuff? Uh, no, no, there's been, there's been none of that. And the, the good thing about SARMs, why it's a selective androgen receptor, is that it only affects muscular and skeletal tissues, like it, your tendons, your muscles, and your bones itself. They, uh, they're specifically designed not to affect your organs. So, like, let, let's say if there's So, your a, heart doesn't, like explode or grow right because with steroids a lot of times people get really high blood pressure yeah. they get prostate enlargement they get uh heart uh palpitations and other i can't you can also get like an enlarged heart not so much yeah anymore, yeah, but yeah. Like, that was a big thing in the 70s was like these uh bodybuilders would get to like you know they'd get out of the trade and they'd around their 40th 45th year mm-hmm. of like their life they would just like their heart would explode because yeah. it was just yeah. too big i think we talked about before with uh, a lot of testosterone if people take it orally 
it's methylated, so it goes through your liver if you take it orally. So it's really taxing on it, and it can yeah. That's why I'm like if you say you have say you have a testocular a testocular a testocular. Say you have a testicle removed for like cancer or whatever, or you have low T. Uh, typically, they give you like androgel, which is just like a it's a topical gel. Right, that you so rub it's supposed to absorb into your bloodstream. Yeah, uh, that way it doesn't go doesn't get processed through your liver. Yeah, or or you just do straight injections. Um, because yeah, it'll it'll tear your liver up because it's not your liver's not meant to process testosterone. Right. Um, it's uh, just yeah, I guess not. Not in the same way. Well, not in not, that, in, not in that capacity. Yeah, not in that high capacity. I don't think it is at all. Am I wrong? I like, mean, there's testosterone in in food. Uh, there's got to be not to that to level. Some, I know that's what, but I'm saying like so your liver can process it. Well, the, but, but there's, there's different forms of testosterone. Like there there's methylated forms of testosterone, and they're not just taking test itself they're they're taking like tran and dianabol and these are they have a backbone of testosterone but they've got extra things on this this test backbone which have methylations which hurt your liver and these cause extra uh anabolic effects and extra androgenic effects so anabolic effects are specifically uh, recovery, muscle growth, uh, things of that nature, and androgenic effects are how it affects you, um, like like your your sexuality, not like your preference, not sexual preference, but your masculine traits, uh, uh, like a like a genotype. Uh, I, I'm not thinking of the right word, but anyways, like like uh, body hair, um, losing your hair. I get um, you. And of course, you'd have gonad shrinkage because of the. Uh, extra testosterone that your body's like, hey, I don't need to produce it. We've got so much of it already. But the SARMs don't affect any of that. They don't affect your gonads, your prostate, your liver, your heart, uh, your other organs, like uh, like HGH. You, you can oh, okay. increase your gut size. Here we go. Okay, so long-term androgen use is associated with fatty liver tissue. The testosterone itself isn't directly harmful, i.e. toxic, to the liver, but the resulting IGF-1 production and effect on HDL, LDL, that testosterone has maybe the culprit. Also, testosterone is usually based um, in oils and alcohol, which can be very toxic to the liver. Um, blah, blah, blah. This is about a specific question. So then it goes on gotcha. to what the, what the question asker was saying. But I feel like that kind of answers it because it just messes with the, uh, the IGF-1 and causes those HGL, LGL stuff. LDL problems. HDL, LDL. Sorry. That's so the, a lot of letters. There oh, are whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, quite a few other SARMs. So a lot of them are being... Obviously, tested on rats, some of them on primates, and some of them have gone to full human trials. I just want to know when they're going to test it on turtles, so I can get me some Ninja Turtles. I feel like that would be... You also have to get a rat. Well, he said rats. Turtles in a half shell? Turtle power. They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. Um, so there's various forms of it. Sorry. Yeah. My joke that just fell flat. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, one that I'm looking at right now, I'm trying to do as much research as I can for actual muscle growth is YK11. And a lot of these are that they're, they've got stupid things like LGD 3000 or something like that. And a lot of them are based upon the initials of the person who's, who's, you know, discovered it and testing it in their labs. Like YK is some Japanese guy's initial and, uh, MK uh, 677, that has to do with this specific company, MK. Uh, so they got weird, stupid names, but the YK11 itself is the only one that has a testosterone backbone to it. So uh, I'm pretty interested to see uh, more research on it as it goes forward because it could, it is supposed to be uh, anabolic, and that's the most interesting thing about it. So it should be more testosterone-like. So I'm looking into that, but it's fairly new and doesn't have enough. But one that I am going to try on myself personally, or my rat personally, is uh, RAD, R-A-D-140. And it's supposed to have very similar effects to just straight testosterone, not any of those crazy, uh, like, Traner, Deca, or whatever the heck they're what, called. What's stopping you from just taking regular testosterone? Um, being able to get it. Oh, is it hard to find? I don't know. I've never tried. Well, you'd have to go through a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, and you know, there's so much third party. Why don't you pricing. just go to a doctor and be like, "I think I have low T," and then they just give it to you. I I really hate going to the doctor. 
Yeah, but then you don't have to um, go about these shady but, but back routes thing or about, get on the dark web or. Oh no, it's not on the dark web or anything like that. Uh, you can order them straight from uh, farm companies for lab research. No, oh, so that you like report your what happened, like your uh, not not findings, but what's the word? Oh Results? no, no, no. Uh-uh. nothing like that. They just they're just the the producers of the product, and other people are supposedly you know taking it to their labs and testing either humans or rats or whatever the heck it is so that they're not doing the direct testing, but they just so formulate the products. To be fair though, you're taking a very small sample size of human trials. There sure, are, there no, are yeah. human trials, but you're taking a very small sample size and being like, that's good enough. The, there just... are a few that you could actually be prescribed for. Like they've gone through the full rigmarole. Um, are they FDA approved? I would guess if doctors are prescribing them, maybe not. No, I guess it would have to be, wouldn't they? If they're FDA approved. Can doctors prescribe non-FDA? Yeah, they can because they can prescribe weed, and that's not FDA approved. Oh. Okay, then. Yeah, I don't know. That might be interesting to find out. Uh, But specifically, this uh, RAD140, it's really interesting because it doesn't have a testosterone backbone. But uh, so the rating, so just for straight testosterone, they just use a standard rating of 100 for its effect on anabolic, uh, anabolic pathways and 100 for androgenic pathways. So remember, anabolic muscle building, androgenic, you know, uh, sexual characteristics. Hmm. Uh, so 100 and 100 is just the standard. And this RAD 140 is a 90 and 1. So it's pretty much 90% effective for anabolic, but it's a 1. It pretty much has no androgenic effects because it's that selective receptor that only affects your muscles. Uh, so you don't have the side effects. Is essentially what's exciting about this new research is that these SARMs, uh, you you don't you don't have to worry about your liver. You don't have to worry about your gonads. Um, they there are a few of them that are suppressive of testosterone, but it's 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 very minimal, and you you really don't have to worry about it unless you're taking it for like three months or something like that. Uh, and it doesn't aromatize. So, like, uh, testosterone will aromatize into uh, estrogen, and yeah. that is really bad. So you have to watch your estrogen levels. These don't do that. They don't aromatize. Um, so, anyways, I think it's exciting research, and I'm uh, looking forward to maybe finding something that will help my back issues, and maybe at the same time I can put on a little bit of muscle. Cool, man. I hope so. I hope it works out for you. Hey, let's uh, let's end the show with this last little article I found. Um and uh, maybe take a little trip to the conspiracy corner. Casper, Wyoming, Associated Press. Police say a central Wyoming man they arrested for public intoxication claimed that he had traveled back in time to warn of the alien invasion. Casper police say that the man they encountered at 10.30 p.m. Monday claimed that he was from the year 2048. Uh, KTWOAM in Casper reports that the man told police that he wanted to warn the people of Casper that aliens will arrive next year and they sh- that they should leave as soon as possible. He, he asked to speak to the president of the town about 170 miles to, um, northwest of Cheyenne. Uh, the man told police he was only able to time travel because aliens filled his body with alcohol. He noted that he was supposed to be transported to the year 2018, not this year. That's dumb. The aliens are already here. (laughs) (laughs) So, do you guys think that there's... Okay. One, do you think time travel is possible? Seth? I don't know. Okay. I I legit have no idea. Because I feel like... I want to say no. Okay. Because I feel like that would uh, defy entropy. Go into that deeper. Like, if you, if you travel back in time, oh, okay. you're traveling from a point that had... You're, you're adding energy by adding stuff from a different time period to that time right, period. Right, okay. Oh, see, I've never even thought about it like that when it comes to, like, the energy distribution of, like, the space-time continuum. I feel like you're defying it. Interesting. Okay, cool. Chase, time travel, yes or no? Um... I have an asterisk by this saying yes, but okay, it's uh, just forward. Y- exactly. Linear, I, I don't. Well, no, not not. E- it's it's weird because 
scientifically it's been proven that there is a form of time slowing down. Okay. So the, I, I don't consider that time travel real. I don't believe you can go back in time. I don't think you can really leap in time necessarily unless we have some type of rip in the space-time, which is way beyond anything our scientists can figure out right well, now. Yeah, we, I mean... Technically, but. you can, I guess, go forward in time, sort of. Well, we're doing it right now. If you're traveling, like, the fat, you know, the closer you go to the speed of light, the slower time passes exactly. around you. Mm-hmm. Or, that one, or was it the, the faster time passes? No, you're right. It oh, slows yeah. down. So you could technically, if you're going fast enough, end up in a point in the future. Here's a dumb question. Right, right. Here's a dumb question. But it's relative. If you yeah. slowed something down on like a molecular level, like freezing it to the point that it's like there's no motion, can you go like the opposite way? Like, it's impossible. Why? I'm just curious. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Um, uh, that's really, that's they... all, all that's saying is you can't actually get to absolute zero. And even if you did, it would still have energy in it. Interesting. Uh, so we can't... We can't eliminate anything. It kind of goes with the uh, thermodynamics again. You can't destroy energy. You can't. Create yeah, I guess that matter. would technically be destroying energy, wouldn't it? If you if you stop it. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, so then, we do you guys think this guy came back in time, or do you think he was just drunk? No, oh, of I, course I, he did. I I think he thinks he did. <laughs> um, I honestly think that there are people who, through one form or another, uh just have crazy memories. Um, I know you guys might not agree with me this, but I think that hypnotism is a very dangerous thing to do. I completely disagree with that, but go ahead. You don't think that it can be used for evil? No, I don't think it's real. Okay. You have to want to be hypnotized. You can't just... If you don't want to be hypnotized, you're not going to be hypnotized. Well, yeah, I can't be what, hypnotized, what it, and I've, like they've tried. Yes, that's... So that's been so, to a hypnotist and, and, it, and it, it didn't work because I was like, this isn't going to work on me. So it didn't work on me. Okay. So, so do you think anybody's ever been hypnotized, Josh? No, I think people, okay. I think people, no, I don't think anybody's ever been hypnotized. I think that it's, it's a state of vulnerability you allow yourself to go into. And yes. then I think the human mind is capable of like thinking that it wasn't in control and then making that a fact. But, you're, but you're aren't the, like, like, I guess we're kind of arguing a little bit of semantics, but wouldn't the results be the same where they became susceptible to influence and they were influenced Yes, but they would never do something that they didn't want to do. There's never been a proven case where someone has gone against their own free will um, when it comes to hypnotism. Like, you can't force someone to harm themselves. You can't force someone to kill unless they want to do it. And they've wanted to do it. That's just how it works. It's, hypnotism is it's garbage. Like that being said, I think there's some benefits to hypnotherapy. And I I know I just said it's garbage. The reason I think there's benefits to hypnotherapy is because it causes intense introspection, um, and you're oh, okay. addressing things. You're it's almost like a placebo effect. You're wanting to heal your mind through this thing that you think will work, so it works. Oh, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this podcast, but I read an article several several years back that the placebo effect is actually increasing in effectiveness, where it used to be measured at like about 7%, but okay. they recently had it more than doubled at 15% effective for uh, specifically pill popping. Huh. That's really interesting. I wonder if, I mean, if you know it's a placebo, then it doesn't work clearly, because then it, the same thing with hypnotism, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> there ever really been know. a study where they're like, this pill doesn't work, but we're going to tell you that it's going to make you Obviously feel better. Obviously, they've done that. They, they had to have done that. That would have been one of the control groups, probably. What? They probably have a control group that knows it's a placebo, and then a control group that doesn't do anything. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't Interesting. Know. So you should have done that for your psychology thing, Josh. Done that for my psychology thing? Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't a research psychologist. I, don't I thought you had to do like a, a research... Uh, because you'd asked me before, like, I've okay, what well, should I do? Research for... studies, yeah, but they weren't like they weren't like medical research studies. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get a control group of people to yeah. give pills to. <laughs> how, how would you get a, the the non-control group? We're like, okay, this is going to heal you. <laughs> yeah. <They're> like, <laughs> of what? <laughs> I'm fine. All right, Never gra- you mind. <laughs> All right, grad student without a medical degree, I'll take this pill you're giving me. Oh goodness. Uh, yeah, no, that's not. But yeah, no, I don't believe in I don't believe in hypnotism. I think it's I think it's garbage, and I think it's 
when people go to it's just like if a man comes into your house and just starts telling jokes, even if it's a friend and you invited them in, they may be funny, they may fall flat. If you go to a comedy show, you have the expectation of laughter. You have the expectation of having a good time. And so it's harder to bomb. Now, people do bomb. That happens. But if you go, if you have like a celebrity who you know is funny and they're going to put on a show for you, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to laugh. But most likely, even if they're not saying very funny things. Laugh your ex on TV shows. That's not really what I'm going for. But I know, but I mean, it's... Is that not similar? Is it, I think it is. Like, it's supposed I'm, to... I'm saying it's similar because... It's like a trigger. This is funny. Like, have you ever watched, like, a show without a laugh track? Like, like they've taken jokes from a show. And oh, yeah, no, I see what track, you're saying. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this isn't as funny as I thought it was. Yeah, it's the it's the combined unity of the laughter you mm-hmm. joining in with a, a exactly. communal experience. So, hypnotism is very similar. You go to a hypnotist... With the expectation of, ooh, I'm gonna get hypnotized, or ooh, they're gonna get hypnotized. Someone, we're gonna see some fun stuff, and so you go in with uh, lowered walls. I guess would be a good way of, way of saying it. Okay, yeah. You go in with uh, different expectations of how it's gonna go, and as a result, you may allow yourself to be more susceptible, but it's not gonna ever cause you to do anything. There, there have been there were a few times at USAO, whenever they had a hypnotist show. Like they they have yeah. to come and do it. Uh, there were people in the audience that I saw beside me like falling asleep at his prompts. Yeah, and it's because they're like fully invested in what's going on. Yeah, but I don't like I said I don't believe in in hypnotism as a as a general rule. So uh, back to time travel. Hang on, I want to know why you think it's evil. No, no, no. I didn't say it in itself is evil, but I said it could be used for evil. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Time travel. Uh, so. Like I said, I don't really believe in time travel, uh, but just like Seth was talking about too, like time slows down. So in a way, from your own perspective, time would be, you'd seem like you were traveling very quickly in time compared to all your surroundings. Uh, But from the quantum mechanic understanding of the universe, we know that time is a physical uh, property. Yeah, well, there was a whole thing about time crystals. That I heard, and I don't understand. Oh yeah, any, I, forgot I don't understand. Yeah, that was any really weird. Yeah, I didn't understand that article. But if time is a physical property, and there was a what's classically known as the Big Bang, sorry. So time came from somewhere, and if uh, at one point there wasn't space, at one point there wasn't time. So I believe this is uh, evidence for eternity, and not like eternity where most people think of where. There's just an infinite amount of time where you just go living on forever, but it's a it's a complete state that is uh, time is disregarded. It doesn't exist. You live outside of time, so that state of eternity, and obviously that would be really hard to comprehend. It's like because the, we've never like descriptions of the fourth dimension, because the third dimension there's length, there's width, there's depth. Well, well, and the fourth dimension is, is time. like length, width, depth, and duration. So, okay. like, if you existed. Within, well, <clears throat> fifth dimension, maybe? We exist, yeah, interacting with the fourth dimension, but if we existed, yeah, I guess in the fifth dimension or whatever, uh, interacting with the fourth dimension, we'd be able to go to any point in time. Possibly. Instantaneous. Well, I mean, that's the theory. Yeah. Instantaneously, yeah. you just, like, I'm going to go watch this person's life from beginning to end and just skip right through it and go back and forth. And you could put yourself into that person's life at any point. I I think I would actually take it further. I would say that you would be everywhere at once. You would have to be. Because just like when we uh, try and split things in half, we keep going and going and going to that final particle where you split it and it's delocalized. It has non-locality. It's everywhere. It's one with the universe or whatever. So, yeah, if if you got to that higher dimension, you could literally be everywhere in time at once. Um, and of course, there are six dimensions that we don't even know about. We don't fully understand that is mathematically provable. And Nachmanides in the 12th century from Genesis said that there are 10 dimensions. Four are known and six are unknowable. So that was really weird that this monk had the same conclusion 800 years ago, not 8,000 years ago. Vice has a really interesting article on time crystals that I've been reading while we're talking. Uh, apparently, you see... Berkeley? No, where is it at? Yeah, UC Berkeley students created time crystals on a quantum level in February. 
What does that's, that? What does that mean? It's amazing. So they got the I, physical time property in a crystal. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is like some, this is some insanely high concept stuff. Like I've I've read a good half of the article and I still don't quite know what it is and they've tried to explain it. Man, this is crazy. What what we need to devote a whole episode to this. I need to like read more on okay, this. Okay, yeah, send send it to yeah, the uh, Black that, Mesa group. Send me that article cool. and I will probably forget to read it. <laughs> you don't get on Facebook anyway, so no, it's true. Um, we've gone an hour and eight minutes. Do you guys want to continue for a few minutes, or are you going to call it? I feel like there's a good stopping point, unless there's anything oh, anybody else wants to talk about. No, I'm good. Hey, listeners, uh, I'm getting real close to getting our website done, and I'm getting real close to getting us on Google Play and iTunes, so we're going to be somewhere other than Mixcloud.com backslash Black Mesa Radio. Um, and then we are starting a podcast network, hopefully. Uh, let's, we bought this new mixer. Hope it sounded good this episode. There's no buzz. So Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. This is uh, going to be way better quality than uh, what we've had before. Yeah, this is the inaugural episode of the new Mixer. So, well, for, for Black Mesa. For Black Mesa. Shake, Battle, and Roll already recorded an episode on it. Uh, but yeah, we have another show called Shake, Battle, and Roll that'll be premiering pretty soon. We're going to get a couple backlogged episodes before we start launching that, and I have to build a website for it also. So that'll be a good thing, but it's going to be fun. Anyway, once we're on Google Play and iTunes, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Maybe we'll get some sponsors too. Who knows? All right, guys. We'll uh, talk to you real soon. Yeah, guys. Peace. See you.